Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, this is Susan here from Inside Yorkshire. I'm talking today to Helen Callear, who is the Regional Fundraising Manager for Yorkshire Air Ambulance, the North Yorkshire section. We're also going to be talking later on to Michael Wood, who is in receipt of of Yorkshire Air Ambulance's uh, fantastic services. So, hello there, Helen. Hello there. How long have you been working with Yorkshire Air Ambulance? Um, Well, it's coming up to five years now. Five years. Yeah. And how long has the charity actually been running? Well, the charity is about as old as the millennium. So we, we got started in the year 2000. So 18 years, it'll be this year in October. Where did the idea come from? Was it because it was a necessity or it was recognised as a necessity for some of the areas there that were, you're covering? Yes, I mean, there was a need for it. But we started out actually uh, in cooperation with the AA we were also like an emergency service and they were our chief sponsor at the time, hence why the helicopters are actually yellow. So that's where we started. We've long since finished that relationship now, but it was how we started out. And way back in the year 2000, when we started out, we had very little funds. We rented a very old Bolkov helicopter, which is a Russian make. And um, yeah, we just had the one. We operated out of Leeds Bradford um, a while ago and that's how we started. Now things are are very different but we started in quite a humble way. And how many helicopters do you have now then? Well (laughs) we've doubled that, we have two now (laughs) but it's what we have that's important. We don't have rented helicopters anymore, we have our own helicopters which we've bought and just recently, in the last couple of years, we've upgraded the fleet to two H-145 helicopters, which are state-of-the-art. It's absolutely amazing when you see them. If you go into the cockpit, I remember the old ones. And compared to the old ones, which were um, knobs and bells and whistles, these new ones are just sort of three iPads next to each other. And it's actually been a huge learning curve for the pilots as well to to take that leap into this sort of digital world and to learn to fly this these new helicopters because of the the huge advancements in technology that have happened since the last helicopters we had. Was that generally overall for helicopters that this is because you're a rescue? Helicopter or... I mean, I don't know much about helicopters in my ignorance. No, it's just because they're brand new, really. Um, I think they are used for rescue missions, the H145 model, but they're also used by the police and by other emergency services as well. And because you can basically do what you like with the interior cabin and spec it out however you want, obviously we've got stretcher in there, we've got defibrillator in there, we've got all mod cons as far as the fit-out's concerned... The medical fit-out was done by a company called Bucher. The bill for that came to, well, over £500,000 just for the interior fit-out. But everything on there is the same as what you would have on a land ambulance, Um, but maybe scaled down a bit or to to fit into the the air ambulance, yes. So how many, when they're going out to um, find and help someone, how many people are on board? 
So usually um, about uh, three or four sometimes if we've got an observer on board as well. And when I say observer, we do sometimes have people filming on board because we have a couple of television shows that we have done in the past. We've done Helicopter Heroes, which was um, a BBC production. And um, we're now doing um, Helicopter ER, which is shown on Really and those kind of channels. That's the filming that we're doing. So um, we, we usually have a camera crew on board as well. And the paramedics will also have like little uh, GoPros on their kit as well. Right. So, yeah. So, so you've got it all yeah. recorded. Yeah. How many call-outs would you average, do you think, then? So we average about three a day. And it's difficult to say. Some days we won't go out and other days we'll, we'll go out a ridiculous amount of times. I mean, just to give you an, an example, the Tour de Yorkshire, when that came through, mm. through Yorkshire in 2014, over that weekend period of three days, we went out 42 times. So that's the sort of worst case scenario, really. And I don't think we've ever been as busy as that. But yes, on average, about three, three times a day. And the recent one, we've just had one just recently as well, haven't we? Another Tour de Yorkshire this year. Yeah, I mean, it was two, it's Tour de Yorkshire, and I think the Tour de France kind of gave birth, really, to this mm. Tour de Yorkshire thing, and um, and it's been a huge year for Yorkshire Ramblers because we were the chosen charity this year. I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, so we were absolutely delighted to to be picked to do that, and um, so we, we got out there with our fundraising teams across the whole route, and it was really, really wonderful to see. We just got to know some lovely people, worked together with Welcome to Yorkshire. We even got to auction off um, Harry Tanfield's jacket and things like I saw, that. I yeah. saw that when I was looking, <laughs> yeah. yes, when I was, was looking online. Yeah, so it's been really lovely. Um, and hopefully uh, when we do the sums at the end of the year, because the partnership with Welcome to Yorkshire actually goes across the whole year, um, we'll have made some money out of it uh, mm. as well, so which is what it's all about, really, because we do need this £12,000 a day, which is £4.4 million a year to run the Yorkshire Air Ambulance Service for the whole of Yorkshire. So we're talking about um, a 5 million people and about 4 million acres uh, to cover with the two helicopters that we've got. It's a huge area to cover. It's huge, um, but we're well placed. We've got uh, one helicopter at uh, based at RAF Topcliffe at Allenbrook Barracks, and um, the other helicopters at uh, Nostal Priory near Wakefield. And um, from those bases, we're about twenty minutes away from anybody in Yorkshire, pretty much. And that doesn't mean that we won't help if you're over the border either. We work very closely in in cooperation with other air ambulance charities and. Uh, the criteria is always patient need. So uh, who's the closest? Who can get to that patient the quickest? And that will be the air ambulance that's scrambled. So we help each other out, basically. Yes, yes. That's fabulous, really. I guess the rural community particularly are well aware of, of how useful you are because it can take a long time for an ambulance. I know I have friends who are in the village here. It can take a long time for an ambulance to come a land-based ambulance to reach someone in some of these really rural areas yeah so 20 minutes is fabulous absolutely and of course we can fly as the crow flies we reach speeds of 160 miles per hour and um, yeah I mean it's it's great and the other thing about air ambulances they fly into major trauma centers 
So if you're sick enough to need the air ambulance, likelihood is you're going to need to be in a major trauma centre. The three or four main main ones in, in our area, so Yorkshire, in the area of Yorkshire, are Leeds General Infirmary, James Cook, and we've got Hull Royal Infirmary and Sheffield Northern General. They're the four main major trauma centres. And um, at the major trauma centres, you will get uh, 24-7 care and there will be a team of dedicated consultants on duty all the time. So that's why we're taken into, we will take the patient into the major trauma centre. And some people wonder why we do that when somebody falls ill outside of a regional hospital, perhaps, and say, well, why, why did you take that patient to a major trauma centre when the hospital was just there? Well, often they don't have the equipment or the, the staff or the consultants needed to treat that person properly. And it's usually a life-threatening situation. So they need to be where all of that equipment is as soon as possible. And that's the air ambulance in a nutshell. That's what we can do. That's the window of opportunity that will get that patient from where they are, be it on the moors or um, in the middle of a town or as usual, uh, as 40% of what we do is road traffic collisions on a motorway somewhere. And you can be whisked away and in a major trauma centre within sort of 10 to 20 minutes that's life-saving. Landing, I would have thought, was a bit of an issue. Motorway and traffic accidents, is that...? Well, they usually shut the motorway in both directions. Um, mm. But because air ambulance aircraft are specifically chosen and specced out to be small enough to land in a tight spot, so you wouldn't be bringing a Sea King down on mm. uh, because you blow everything away. And sometimes... It has a, its own restriction. For example, we can only carry one patient at a time um, and we can't winch, that kind of thing. But actually, if you, know, if you fall uh, ill outside of Tesco's or Sainsbury's, you need, you need to just get in there in that little tight spot outside. You can do it and um, you'll be able to get in and out. So it's, it's actually done for a reason that they're quite small. What sort of weather conditions can, you, can they fly in? Is it... I mean, presumably when it's really awful, you maybe um, wouldn't be able to. They're not too bad, actually. It's very high winds. High winds. Um, is not good. Mist is dreadful for our operations. And actually, that's why we ended up moving from Leeds Bradford Airport, because it's so high. I think it's the nation's highest airport and they kept they kept saying they couldn't go out because of the mist so we had to move from there because it wasn't really operationally successful so snow fine but yes you're right landing can be an issue because you need to be able to see and that's something which is really really um topical at the moment at the air ambulance because we very recently started flying at night and in order to fly at night we need night vision goggles we had to buy several pairs of these things because they cost about 20 grand a pop. So they were extremely expensive. But now that we have them, we can fly at night and it enables the pilots and paramedics to be able to see things like telegraph poles and wires and all kinds of things that could cause a problem in darkness and help them to choose the right spot to land. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's been an amazing step forward for us um, as a charity and we were one of the first to fly night flying missions. So we're really incredibly proud of that. And um, it has had an impact already. Um, it's very new, so I haven't got the exact figures yet, but the, they are rescuing 
people at night now, which is, it sounds like it wouldn't be used very often, but if you think about it, at four o'clock in a December afternoon before rush hours even started, it's dark. So that enables us to help people at a time when, um, when, it, when it's dark in winter that we ordinarily wouldn't have been able to do. Oh, yes, it's uh, dark more than it's light in the winter. <laughs> yeah, can be in Yorkshire. Well, yes, in Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really good. So you were touching on some of the costs. Uh, from what you were saying, to kit out each of the helicopters, did you say 500,000? Well, yeah, the, the medical fit-out for each of the new helicopters was 500,000 apiece, but the actual helicopter, they, they come in at 6 million each. So you're looking at a lot of money and what the Yorkshire Air Ambulance w- was able to do because of the incredible generosity of the people of Yorkshire was to start a kind of savings plan where we squirreled away a lot of money over a lot of years and made sound investments to enable us to get to the point where we could actually go out and buy these two. And originally we were going to buy one and... The manufacturers who are Airbus offered us um, an offer we couldn't refuse. It wasn't exactly a bog off, but it was it was a good deal on two, mm. and um, and we took it. We sort of stuck our toe in the water and took it. And um, I'm so proud to say that we have, both helicopters are now fully paid for, as well as the whole kit and everything. So so we're still needing the twelve thousand a day, the four point four million a year to operate our service. But um, due to some really good planning, we, we've managed to get these new helicopters on board. So it's, it's fabulous. It's really... really so how exciting. long have you, you had the new ones? Um, it's just a couple of years now, couple wasn't it? Years. 18 months, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's, really, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so. though they really are very new. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now then, people do all sorts of strange things to fundraise, I understand. I've seen skydiving and, um, and different... Uh, different fundraising activities can you oh uh, crikey can you just tell tell me some of the things that (laughs) people do yeah I mean amazing things I mean you've got your usual fundraising things like your bake sales and all of that but people do some crazy things like sit in a, a bath full of beans for however long or we had um the young farmers are great ones for doing things like um they call them muck chucks, where they go and sell manure around villages and things like no, they that. They don't yeah. throw it. I thought you were going to say it was something like the ice bucket yeah. challenge. <laughs> they do all, all of that kind of thing as well. Mm. We've had the ice bucket challenge. What, what else have we had? Everything, really. On the subject of a, a bath, again, there was um, a sort of thirst to Scarborough bath push by the young farmers. So you know, they literally, literally pushed, sitting in a uh, sitting in a bath, pushed it all the way to to Scarborough from Thirsk. We've had music festivals and all kinds of things where people have really uh, pushed the boat out. Personal challenges. We just recently had um, a, a young lad that's done the Lightwake Walk because his father did it, and that made him proud to see his father do it. So he did it. And um, he's raised £500 and his father raised about £7,000 and he's absolutely amazing. And what um, was that? And this was the Lightwake Walk, which is a good Yorkshire mm. walk. <laughs> I show my ignorance yeah. there because I'm not aware of that. Uh, it's also motherly to Ravenscar. Right. And um, it's about, is it about 42 miles or 40, 45 miles, something like that. But right. it's the, the route that the monks used to take with, with the coffins over. That's why it's called oh. a wake, Lightwake Walk and... 
Um, and one can only imagine how they manage that with a coffin when it's hard enough to do it, you know, mm. on when, when you're just walking. Well, we have the corpseway here from up, up uh, further up Swaledale yeah. down to yeah. Grinton. That's and, the similar uh, sort of thing. Similar thing, yeah. yes. Yeah. Sure. So all kinds of things. And I always say it's like the old adage of the pebbles in a jar and whether it's full or not and you put the mm. big pebbles in that'll be your corporate donations your big groups who donate your sponsorship agreements that that we all have to try and get <laughs> and then you'll have pebbles and then you'll have sand and then you'll have water and right at the bottom of it all is the, is the five pence the two pence and all of the coins that go into the collecting tins that you'll see up and down across the whole of Yorkshire, up and down all the dales. And this is really the combination of all of those things that fill the jar. And those are the things which permit us, thanks again to the generosity of the Yorkshire people, to continue running the service day in and day out. So nothing's too small then, no contribution is too small. It all adds up. It all adds up, yeah. And I mean, I just must say, uh, we are incredibly reliant on volunteers. And I have about 20 active volunteers in in my little patch and I don't know where I'll be without them and they are the ones late at night counting and banking when a lot of banks are being closed left right and center still banking still counting and still putting through the paperwork and you know I just don't know how they do it and that's one thing that we're immensely grateful for. Yes, so it, it's all of the um, the small people as well that are just putting in all that effort, aren't they? Absolutely, and yeah. doing phenomenal work. I know phenomenal I'm I'm, work. I'm familiar with uh, with some who do that, so I know how much effort it yeah, takes it's them. Really amazing, and I mean, one one lady um, up in Richmond, she has counted up over the years what she has raised for the Yorkshire Ambulance, and it's well over fifty thousand pounds. So mm. this is what she has banked. When, when you think about it, all of that time through the, all of those dark evenings, that's what she's banked over the years. And you think what we, could, what we have been able to spend because of that on mm. the service and how many lives that potentially has saved. So, yes. Yeah. Now then, I mean, one thing I've, I was going to say, I mean, surely it's worth a couple of pounds or something for anybody. How can people donate to you? Apart from in the, in the boxes, what could someone do if they... Well, firstly, before the donations, what could someone do if they want to fundraise? So How would they do that through So you? an excellent way, um, place to start looking is the website. And on the website, there are all the different ways you can donate. There's a donate button and it'll take you through everything you need to do. You can do it online or you can contact any of us. All of our names and contact details are on the website. The website address is www.yaa.org.uk and... On there, there are also great ideas of how to fundraise, be it from a a, a sort of, like I said, a bake sale or something like that, a jumble sale, right through to challenges like skydives and personal challenges. So there's lots of ways to do it. You'll get help because we try to support people fundraising for us. Um, We always help them out with any kind of merchandise they might need or any sort of banners or buckets they need to assist with their fundraising and just to get in touch with one of us. And if all else fails, there's an info at email address which gets forwarded on to the correct fundraiser for that region. So that's the best way to start, really. I understand there was a a triathlon going on in 
Riffin yeah. just this last weekend. Yeah. How did that go? Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. The weather played ball. It was wonderful. Um, we were on car park duty, which was um, an early start, sort of 6.30 onwards. We were parking uh, hundreds of cars. And um, at the end of it, we got, I think we, we totted it all up yesterday and we got about 2,600 for Yorkshire Air Ambulance. So it's absolutely amazing. It's Ripon Triathlon is the triathlon and um, we're great cooperation with all the guys from Ripon Tri. And we even had one of our fundraisers took part in the race as well. So And she did really, really well. She came, I think uh, she was the fastest female on the on the run part. So, right. yeah, so she did really well. So we're very proud of her. <laughs> and no helicopter services required. Not as far Not as I know. One. And actually we have been mm. out to triathletes at the same triathlon before, but at this time I don't think so, no. Mm. <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> Thank you very much for all of that, um, Helen. What what we're going to do now is have a a pause and then I think we're going to do part two when we're going to interview Michael, who has been sitting very patiently with us, Michael Wood, who has quite a tale to tell about what happened to him. So thank you very much, Helen. That was lovely to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks.